Hello. Is this is this on? Okay, it looks like it is. Uh, hey. And I'm just really sorry. I haven't been able to load any episodes or share anything good that happened. I, there's a lot that has happened. Uh, and a lot of it has been good. I, I took uh, the, the time between Christmas and New Year's to reflect. And I realized that a lot of the good things happened. Or at least that's, I choose to believe that a lot of the good things that happened happened because people listened. Like the more we, the more I discussed <clears throat> stories about investments in renewable energy or new laws that are being placed, the four day work week initiative and like a bunch of other things. The more we talked, the more the, the more it seemed to amplify and it talked to you guys about uh, these minuscule things that happen uh, on a somewhat regular basis uh, kind of helped me maintain a positive outlook and that in turn fed a lot of or that in turn led to a lot of positive changes around around me like I started this in October of 2020 uh, by that time we were starving and after I think a month I got I got two jobs not exactly but yeah I one was one was an internship and another one was a part-time job and after that I got a proper job and I held on to that for 10 months close to a year and a lot of um, that didn't really make things better it just helped us like get out of a horrible place by us I mean my family and I and yeah things started changing and ever since I think June of 2022 I've been working at a new place learning new things and trying to improve it did uh, it did hit like productivity on this side like since I've started working there I haven't been able to upload as many episodes as I want to and I'll try my best to work on that and restarting this whole cycle of building new habits and making sure that they stick and they don't fall so yeah that's that's as succinct a summary as i could give uh thank you to anyone who's been listening i hope uh, i hope that you receive some positivity through this as well i mean everyone could use it so yeah a happy new year and here's to an even better 2023 um having said that i we do have a year in review of sorts so the process earlier used to be that i researched i found titles that look interesting i read like those short summaries of them i didn't read the whole thing i tried my best to avoid reading the whole thing unless and unless and until it until it was uh, time for me to record so that the reactions would be I think as genuine as I could make them 
this time I, I have read a little, not much. It's fine. So I'll try to speed run through this and provide a summary. So the biggest thing that happened in 2022 was a shift in, in the energy paradigm. Or a better way to put this would be a shift in the way we consume energy or the sources which we utilize to consume energy. By energy, I mean electricity, gas, stuff like that. So, <clears throat> 2022 saw the economy uh, shift from fossil fuels or makes make significant step towards shifting away from fossil fuels and towards uh, renewable energy. And like the evidence that people had been the evidence that people had been neglecting or um, trying to disprove about how renewable energy isn't as reliable or isn't as um, isn't enough that uh, the evidence of that is like it used to be spotty and it used to be very um but it's circumstantial but now it's just nowhere to be found like it's painfully obvious that uh, we can't rely on fossil fuels anymore. Not not because it's hurting the planet, not just because it's hurting the planet, but also because like renewable energy gives so much for like so little. It's it's clearly the, the, the better way to do things. So that's that's one of the big things that happened. Oh that's not uh, that's not my opinion, but I'm not sharing I'm trying not to share opinions here. But yeah that the general belief is uh, or the general consensus uh, that renewable energy is the future is kind of becoming uh, much more mainstream and much more uh, a commonly held, a commonly accepted fact. The next big thing that happened was that climate policy, uh, <laughs> climate policy, see this is, this is the stuff I cut out of a lot of these uh, episodes. A lot of the episodes are like 10 minutes long because the recording is 30 minutes and then I edited it down to 10 so that you guys don't have to suffer through this nonsense so yeah the climate crisis uh, came into sharper focus in 2022 but uh, there were also signs of progress the u.s the world's second largest emitter after china approved legislation to turbocharge that's <laughs> to turbocharge its decarbonization program uh, that sounds like marketing but it's it's fine it has upgraded its decarbonization program and analysis suggests that it could slash emissions by 44% in the next 10 years. Uh, the, US, the EU has also set a target to reduce emissions by 55% in the next 10 years. Climate, climate legislation has also emerged not just in like, developed nations and developed regions of the world, but also in like, the South Americas, in certain Asian countries, uh, in parts of Europe, uh, in parts of Asia Pacific as well, so climate legislation, climate litigation cases have played an important role in this movement towards the phase out of fossil fuels. Uh, this was a comment by the London School of Economics, which said that climate-related lawsuits have doubled since twenty sixteen. That's interesting. Like now, people understand that there needs to be con there need to be consequences uh, for companies, not just for people. And you know, consequences for companies for do for not taking care of the environment, like it's not just an individual issue anymore. <clears throat> Climate reparations have moved onto the agenda. Okay, 
Yeah, climate reparations have moved on to the agenda. So for decades, poorer countries have implored richer nations to compensate them for the damage caused by climate change. And for decades, their calls have gone unanswered until now. So this happened in November, I think. Yeah, it, it happened in November, the COP27. They agreed to set up a loss and damage fund. I think we discussed this. Yeah. A loss and damage fund to help developing nations deal with a crisis that they've barely contributed to. And it's not that they've chosen to barely contribute to it. It's just the, the disparity of resources has helped them uh, or kept them from doing this. Exact details yet to be fleshed out, but the pledge was considered a win at the summit that otherwise had to win. But hey, any step, any progress is good progress. Followed earlier commitments from Denmark and Scotland to compensate poorer countries for climate change. So that's another big thing. We're sticking with the climate thing, by the way. Uh, research gave us agency in tackling the climate crisis. But the, magnitude, the magnitude leaves people wondering how much difference they can really make. But again, research papers published this year suggest that citizens influence over a fourth of the emissions. Yeah, 25% to 27%. Emissions savings... Yeah, 25% to 27% emissions savings needed to avoid climate chaos. The study was led by academics at Leeds University, which suggested six lifestyle changes that could help slash emissions. We discussed this, I remember that. Um, none of this absolves governments and corporations, of course, but it does provide a welcome sense of agency. Sticking with the theme, businesses showed climate leadership. And I think, uh, I don't, yeah, this, it doesn't mention in the article, like team C's and team trees haven't been mentioned, but I feel like they deserve, uh, they deserve to be mentioned, even though they are like pre-pandemic. But still, like people are still, people are still donating to team trees and team C's, even though it's not like marketed at all. So in the ultimate mic drop gesture of corporate responsibility, the owner of the multi-billion dollar clothing firm Patagonia gave the company a way to help fight climate change. Earth is now our only shareholder, announced the company CEO Yvonne Sholnard. I probably messed that up, I'm so sorry. Right. So the CEO of Patagonia said that every dollar of profit that's not reinvested back into the company will go towards protecting nature and biodiversity. So the move is part of a broader trend for businesses to expand their remit beyond simply making money. Other firms have given nature a seat on the board, tied bonuses to sustainability targets, and used algorithms to clean up supply chains. Expect the trend to accelerate in 2023. There is uh, one thing that people might benefit more if we remove, and that is like carbon offsetting. Like they can, companies, uh, carbon offsetting has, it's not as effective as previously thought. And, oh yeah, this thing. So a lot of lost species have returned and others have like bounced back. And, and this happened in 20, between 2020 and 2022. So the list of endangered species continue to grow at an alarming rate, but some creatures have bounced back from the brink in 2022 proving that extinction is not inevitable. So beavers, bison, pelicans were among the species identified as having bucked the trend by Wildlife Impact Report. This was published in September. Um, most of the species, most are the subject of reintroduction programs. 
such as the bison which is roaming in england which is roaming which is roaming in england again for the first time in thousands of years Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I apologize. Other notable success stories include the rhino's return to Mozambique, the reported resurgence of fin whales, and the tiger clawing its way back from the abyss. There's much work to be done, but these conservation wins brought hope. So did December's COP15 Global Diversity Day, which committed to the world, which committed the world to halting and reversing biodiversity loss in the next ten years. A lot of this stuff is happening in the next ten years. The rights of nature were strengthened as well. So Panama became the latest country to introduce a rights of nature law and join the likes of Ecuador, Mexico and New Zealand. Passing such a law is one thing, enforcing it is another. Is another. In Ecuador, some controversial extraction projects have continued ecologically, continued and ecologically sensitive areas regardless, although the law has successfully prevented others from proceeding. Uh, we will see a lot more of this, I think, uh, since I don't know if this is in the in the list. But considering the fact that one of the first like uh, one of the first um, members of the US Congress was someone from Gen Z, I think in the next year we'll see more people from this particular demographic enter politics. And I'm sure they will be uh, pushing for such laws. So land was returned to nature and to indigenous people. Yeah, we see or we saw a lot of these. We covered a lot of these, Akit. So the year drew to a close with the news that nations have struck a deal to protect a third of the planet for nature by 2030. But it wasn't the only sign of progress. So in California, a swath of redwood forests was handed back to the descendants of the Native American tribes. Ecuador as well ruled that indigenous communities must be given more autonomy over their territory. Europe removed a record number of dams, returning hundreds of rivers to their original free-flowing state, and England got its first wetland super-reserve. Meanwhile, in Brazil, yeah, I was going to talk about Brazil. Uh, the incoming president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, pledged to halt deforestation and revive the Amazon Fund, which enables rich countries to finance conservation in the Brazilian rainforest. Wait, I did not know that um, the Silva is finally coming in. That's great news for Brazil. And another country that has some great news is Ethiopia, where a civil war has ended. There's caution optimism that the civil war in Ethiopia could finally be over after the warring sides agreed to permanently end hostilities in November, the two-year conflict between the government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front has displaced millions and caused misery for many more, but representation for both sides agreed to sign a, dis a disarmament plan and agreed to restore crucial services, including aid supplies. That's good. That's good. The sooner people can bounce back from this, from like the devastation of war, the better or the happier people will be. There was progress tackling cancer. Yeah, on a lot of fronts. I don't know if this article will cover everything, but yeah, cancer like. Not even the next ten years. I think the next five years will have, will have something close to a cure, something like solid close to a cure. The new fronts in the fight of cancer opened up this year, with scientists developing better tools for detecting and treating the disease. Tests were developed that appear to be able to diagnose cervical cancer, prostate cancer, and other forms of the disease using blood and urine samples, and other non-invasive checks. Research is ongoing, but it looks promising. 
Experiments, experimental treatments also provided some great news. In December, a teenager who had been diagnosed with incurable leukemia was cured, thanks to what scientists say is the most sophisticated cell engineering to date. And yeah, that's that's a, another discussion to be had. But I think the cure for cancer will uh, also lead to like prog uh, improvements in gene editing or CRISPR and stuff like that, or cell engineering. That... <sighs> And that that's going to kick off. That's going to really change the medical industry. Similarly, a woman who didn't think she would make it to last Christmas has been celebrating a new a new lease on life, having had a remarkable response to an experimental bowel cancer drug. Meanwhile, in the biggest study of its kind, researchers harnessed the power of the whole genome sequencing to unearth a treasure trove of clues about the causes of cancer, findings that could improve patient diagnosis and outcomes. It's fascinating. I wish I knew more about, like, this, the process, uh, the process of researching this, and, like, where to find, um, where to find, like, updated papers and get a better idea of where we stand. Because this is clearly a fight on multiple fronts. And though we seem to be winning, it's difficult to see, like, it's difficult to gauge how much progress we've made, but considering the fact that we've been fighting it ever since, uh, ever since we've been able to muster the resources and like provide a global effort, it's been I've been hearing about this for the past twenty something years. I'm really happy that we're very close, and like for Alzheimer's as well. The next story is about Alzheimer's. So the hitherto futile research for an Alzheimer's cure took a major step forward in November after a new drug was found to slow the disease. Uh, God, how do you pronounce this? Uh, Likanabab? I don't know if I, I... I apologize for butchering that term. So this, 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 um, this medicine works by clearing the amyloid protein that builds up in the brains of people who have Alzheimer's. In a clinical trial, it was found to slow cognitive decline, a development described as a major step toward, step forward for dementia research. Separately, an international study of Alzheimer's disease pinpointed 75 genes associated with the disease, including 42 that were not previously linked, identifying specific risk genes and the part they play in brain cell death could pave the way to new therapies, according to research. And yet another study identified seven habits that people can adopt to cut the risk of demen developing dementia. That is, uh, one, exercise. Two, eat healthy. Three, don't smoke or avoid smoking. Uh, four, maintain a healthy weight. Five, keep blood pressure in check. Six, have healthy cholesterol levels. Okay. And seven, maintain healthy blood sugar levels. So if you are able to, uh, if you're able to exercise regularly, eat healthy and avoid smoking you will all by doing these three things you'll you'll succeed in gaining the other four or at least making much more pro a, a lot of progress on the other four fronts because if you're exercising regularly you're eating healthily and you're not smoking or you're avoiding smoking then you'll obviously maintain a healthy weight you'll keep your blood pressure levels in check and have healthy cholesterol and healthy blood sugar of course like this goes without saying that you should talk to a a medical professional or a dietitian and maybe a nutrition specialist like talk to talk to your doctor yeah but yeah 
it's it, it's kind of frustrating that it's simple things but yeah I, I'm, I'm still happy to know that Alzheimer's has made a lot of progress other medical advances all oh right other medical advances so among other notable medical achievements this year was the development of the bioengineered corneg which uh, restored the sight of 20 people in a clinical trial the breakthrough could help an estimated 12.7 million people globally whose corneas were damaged or diseased treatments also improved rare blood disorders and malaria which researchers declaring new malaria vaccine the best yet the charity malaria no more said that infant malaria deaths could end in our lifetimes thanks to the drug meanwhile some of the largest trials to date involving psychedelics suggested hallucinogenics could improve effective treatment for addiction depression and other mental health conditions when combined with talking therapy hmm it's nice to know that and i look forward to seeing how this uh, how this is mass produced and like, transported how do you get this to like normal people at like how how is it you know what it's fine <laughs> it's it's late and i'm getting sleepy and we're already we're almost halfway there i have like 10 ish stories to go yeah the, the overall i think the vibe is that the world has become much more progressive in almost all fronts so so according to latest social progress index published last month um, uh, so social progress index index is something that assesses life in 169 countries giving giving annual scores for nation and the world as a whole despite the good news the index showed progress Huh? Oh wait, never mind. Despite the good news, the index of progress was uneven and slow. And like, yeah, it's 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 going to ebb and flow. Right. We had a common goal, and that was to survive the pandemic. And now that we're moving past it, people are people are like people's interests aren't lining anymore. <laughs> and that's fine. We'll find a better we'll find a better goal to work toward. So, mercifully, a separate study found that despite attempts by some to divide the UK, a tolerant centre ground prevailed. And that's, that is the case for a lot of countries, even though studies haven't been conducted to prove that. Like, after the pandemic, after everything that has happened, people are much more, uh, I choose to believe that, people are much more surprising, uh, people are much more calmer, and people are much more, people have developed more empathy. Because we've been through the same thing. So a report by the National Center for Social Research has reached a similar conclusion. Uh, that there is unity among diverse groups of people in society, regardless of the nation in which this diverse group resides. Uh, what else what else what else oh yeah the the next big thing was that there was so much progress on female representation so the u.s supreme court oh no, never mind uh so countries like sierra uh, sierra leone and malta 
were at the forefront of like making progress on uh, representation and Scotland was one of the first became the first country to guarantee the right to a free period I think we covered this I vaguely remember it so England uh, other, other than that England launched its women's health strategy to close the gender health gap and the English health service announced flexible working for women going through menopause oh right we did cover this one in fact, it was a year when it felt like the taboo around menopause was finally breaking. Women also scored notably women also scored notable victories in sports. The Euro twenty twenty two final between England and Germany netted the largest TV audience for a women's match in UK history, and despite taking place in a country where women's rights are limited, the men's World Cup celebrated a welcome milestone. For the first time, a female referee officiated a game. Hmm. I, this is a little like this is a little UK focused, and I can understand that. Like the article is from the BBC, but this has happened. Like this has uh, this has been the case throughout, like worldwide. I'm I'm blanking on examples at the moment, but yeah, representation has been really growing in 2022, and I hope it continues to grow in 2023. And like LGBT uh, tackling discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community has also been like uh, is also an agenda that has seen a lot of uh, victories this year. Oh, this year, by which I mean last year. Uh, so Greece and Israel became the latest country to ban latest countries to ban conversion therapy. Slovenia ruled that it, Slovenia ruled that its ban on same sex marriages was unconstitutional. And Singapore pledged to discriminate homosexuality. Tokyo formally recognized same-sex partnership despite homosexuality being illegal in Japan. And in the US, the Congress approved legislation guaranteeing federal recognition of gay and interracial marriage. I think that was a very recent, uh, uh, very recent development. The bill was born out of concern that Supreme Court could reverse its support for same-sex marriage as it did with abortion rights. So that's true, that's true. So nations, uh, the other big thing is, again, like we're coming back to climate. Nations got serious about plastic pollution. A ban plastic packaging for fruit and vegetables came into force in France on New Year's Day, the opening salvo in a year that saw efforts to curb plastic pollution ramp up. The most significant development came in March when 175 nations agreed on a historic resolution to end plastic pollution. The EU subsequently unveiled its own plan to cut plastic while India outlawed some of the most commonly littered plastic items. Yeah, I remember that. I have people told me it's it's been it's been a minor inconvenience, but it immediately like everyone uh, everyone I talked to uh, said that it became a lot less of a nuisance and they didn't realize that um, how easy uh, or they suddenly started living a better life. And they didn't realize that they had been doing it wrong. I, I, the the most common thing I heard from people was that, oh, I I didn't realize that it it feels nice to not see like plastic packages being ripped, plastic packages like just lying on the lying on the streets and stuff, or even like being being um, used to fill, uh, or yeah, the the principal concern that people had 
was the principal uh, compliment that people had was that it's nice to not see plastic anymore or like plastic bags anymore like everyone has a little cloth bag that's like really well designed it's it looks good and they can use it multiple times it's sturdy as well now it's like a sec it's nice it's almost second nature to carry a bag with you when you go out shopping so that's really nice oh right uh, let's get back to the story uh so too late for all the plastic that's already at sea which is where ocean cleanup comes in a social enterprise along with team seas is tackling the great pacific garbage patch using booms that actually uh using booms that skim the water skim the waves for plastic this year it's said that it had removed 100000 kilograms of plastic how much is that 100k to um to let's see 100000 that's more than 220000 pounds of trash that's a lot oof that's good scientists found a way of destroying toxic forever chemicals and discovered that worm spit and help break down plastic where did we how did we skip this one oh we skipped this one because oh that that makes sense i apologize for this one yeah this is from october 6 2022 we should i i want to read, read more about this i will later so that's that's great news like we've been able to not only hyper focus on plastic pollution or uh, and like make big dents in the great pacific garbage patch which i think is not a threatening enough name um i think it needs a much more terrifying name because it is a much more terrifying thing and a garbage patch makes it seem a little tame um but other than that yeah it's it's great progress i can't wait to see people i can't wait for the day where people talk about the pacific garbage patch like it's a, a horror story that happened like the way people talk about um the way people talk about something horrible that used to exist and was very dangerous for human beings but then human beings came together and like removed it like a fairy tale or something <laughs> uh, anyway let's uh let's keep moving so countries thought creatively about protecting culture so 2022 witnessed some creative ideas to kickstart culture following the pandemic uh, not least ireland's basic income for artists i remember covering this one it was a very good initiative the 325 pounds or so 270 euros a week stipend launched to protect launched to support thousands of struggling creatives who will receive the payment for 3 years meanwhile germany has become the latest country to give citizens the gift of culture those turning 18 next year will be entitled to a 200 euro 175 pound culture pass which can be put towards gig and theater tickets oh yeah i remember covering this one oh these are such good schemes damn oh i shouldn't say that <laughs> i apologize i keep i keep cussing i'm sorry and of course like the biggest thing that we've been discussing for ages at this point the four day work week went mainstream in 2022 the proponents of a shorter working week have long argued that it would improve life satisfaction life satisfaction without impacting productivity this year more firms were swayed by the by the idea in september a ground breaking a ground breaking four day week pilot 
got the thumbs up from almost 9 out of 10 firms taking part, with 86% saying that they plan to keep the new model. Even companies not taking part appear to be embracing shorter working weeks. According to a survey by the University of Reading in England, 65% of UK businesses now offer truncated working weeks, compared to 50% in 2019. Meanwhile, in Belgium, workers were given the right to request a four-day work week. Wait, this article didn't mention some countries in Scandinavia where the four-day work week has become like a part of the has become law. Like it's illegal to make your make people work on Friday. That's okay. I'm sure other articles have covered it. And I think we discussed this one: the new approach to drugs. So while drug policies are typically shaped by public opinion instead of evidence, this year brought more signs that a new approach is emerging. In a move unthinkable a decade ago, the UK government granted license to a service that anonymously tests people for drugs. Oh, that anonymously tests people's drugs for strength and purity. Information that could save lives amid record drug deaths. And in, Col and in Colorado, uh, which recently legalized marijuana, officials pardoned prior convictions for possessions of cannabis, quashing almost 50,000 sentences and annulling $14 million worth of fines. I, I hope to see that, I hope to see more um, changes in laws and that are much more, and I hope to see more changes in laws that work toward building a society that's a bit more lenient toward the possession and consumption of certain narcotics because even now even in japan it's like possession or consumption of drugs is completely illegal even though like if we kept if we uh, if the law were to stay parallel with um the medical community and the research that is coming out it would be fairly obvious that it's not like weed isn't as dangerous as we thought it used to be and like certain amounts certain combinations certain dosages can actually help people of course like there is a lot more to be learned about that because it reacts to human brains it, it reacts to different people in different ways it doesn't react yeah it doesn't have the same reaction to two brains the same way but yeah i i am still surprised at how much uh, some governments are willing to punish people for it anyway let's uh, let's keep moving so the next big story is that is the whole uh, concept of what do you call it the right to repair yeah, the right to repair. So repair shops and the circular economy went mainstream as well. Efforts to slow down fast fashion gathered pace this year, with big-name retailers launching rental and repair services for clothes. John Lewis and Seffages led the charge in the UK. The latter said it wanted 45% of all its sales to be driven by circular products in, by 2030. The UK also got its first fixing factories, where volunteers re repair faulty items be they electronics or push bikes, be they electronics of push bikes, on a pay what you can afford basis. Both are in London, but organizations behind them were to open one on every high street. Amsterdam has similar ideas. I think other countries have like solidified the right to repair, or at least are in the process of solidifying the right to repair. 
and it's a it's a huge like it's a huge blow against uh, what was the term perceived obsolescence or planned planned obsolescence right so the right to repair will ensure that companies can't make uh, poor products or products that break so easily and then force you to buy continue buying more products from them and this now we start getting into i think flight or aviation aviation right so low carbon flights prepared for takeoff so the race to decarbonize air travel accelerated in 2022 but oh there's no but <laughs> okay so air nostrum a spanish carrier placed an order for 10 low carbon airships that could replace planes on some short haul routes Departure dates have yet to be confirmed. In Sweden, an aviation startup unveiled 30-seater electric planes that, and said it had already landed orders from major airlines. Meanwhile, in the UK, a British-built aircraft became the latest battery-powered plane to complete test flights. Aviation was the fastest-growing source of emissions before the pandemic. Recognizing the scale of the problem this year, nations agreed to a long-term plan to cut aviation emissions albeit a decidedly woolly one, France went further by banning domestic flights where there's a train alternative that takes less than 2.5 hours. Honestly, that's a good plan. It's a little strict, but like desperate times. <laughs> and of course, the next big story in public infrastructure is that hydrogen trains took to the rails. So electric trains produce up to nine times less carbon dioxide than planes, but what about on routes that can't be electrified? Germany came up with its solution of the world's first 100% hydrogen-powered trains, which have been put to work on a line near the German city of Hamburg, where they were along emitting only water. How do you do that? <laughs> well, hydrogen-powered trains produce no direct carbon emissions. The fuel is only as green as the energy used to create it. Yeah, that is that is a problem even with like Teslas. That. It's not, the issue isn't that the product itself isn't um, eco-friendly. It's that the production, the manufacturing of the product is, it needs to be upgraded as well. The last uh, story that we have is that Europe entered a new golden era of light trains. It's a push towards extension by budget airlines. Europe's forgotten sleeper train staged to come back in 2022 amid rising demand for green travel. New nighttime services including included Paris to Vienna and Hamburg to Stockholm. A better experience compared to flying and climate change are drawing mainstream travellers to look at train travel, the rail industry expert Mark Smith told. Oh, issue the statement. This year also saw the launch of new low-cost rail services including Aereo in Spain. Meanwhile, the UK's own budget operator Lumo, succeeding in tempting more passengers out of the skies on Britain's busiest domestic route. This is yet another story that we kind of slept on. I apologize for that. But it's a good initiative. And I hope that it succeeds. Anyway, that was all that happened in 2022, or at least a brief overview of what happened in 2022. It took us 40 minutes, but we made it. Uh, again, a very happy new year to anyone who's listening to this. 
And thank you so much for listening again. Like, thank you for improving my life. Thank you for helping me realize that there's a better way to live or a better way to contribute and a better way to improve my mental health while also helping others like, feel better about the world. So, I would like to thank the one person listening to this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now I am going to tune out. Bye-bye.